0: Good evening, welcome to De facto Review, a weekly in depth analysis into the news and current affairs here in Mongolia from our commentator and economist, Mr. Gerald De facto.
1: Good evening.
0: And I'm Anand Tomurtova. You can watch us live on MMB World on Facebook and you can join in a conversation on Twitter with the hashtag Gerald underscore De facto. Mongolia is considered to have only partial press freedom without much major progress made in recent years is it time to look critically at mongolia's privately owned media sector each year fallen construction material is uh, responsible for injuries and deaths uh, occurred uh, to innocent bystanders how safe are ulaanbaatar's construction sites mongolia's c- commercial banks have some of the, w- the world's largest highest interest rates uh, averaging around 18 to 24% analysts have uh, commented that th- these rates or have slowed down economic activity. Is that about to change? For our first topic, the 2019 Press Freedom Index report produced by the Reporters Without Borders, uh, Reporters Without Borders, was presented on Thursday. The index covers 180 countries around the world, and is published every year. Mongolia was the first first included in the index in 2013. Mongolia took a small, a very small step forward this year moving from 71st to 70th. Mongolia's media is considered to be partially free with no noticeable problems. So, what is your take on why Mongolia's media has partial freedom? Uh, Very good question. In
1: spite of what we say free, freedom of speech is here, Mm. we are free to speak. But in spite of that, media, how from professional point of view, it's around several issues like pluralism, media independence, environment and self-censorship, mm-hmm. and a legislative framework and transparency and infrastructure. And the seventh one was the abuses. But the abuses we have, uh, the abuses mean journalists who are imprisoned and staying there longer. A country like Turkey, you know, they have a way back this. But uh, number seventy is not that higher yes. place mm, you know in this index Mongolia is covered since 2013 but the lowest was 2015 we had 54th place yes. out of 180 countries then next year 1660 then 69 then 71 now 70 so mm, almost we are staying there yes and it is a partially free country and it's very unfortunate, and there is a reason why then we can more d- discuss about because there are so many mm. media outlets and so many politicians on them.
0: Mm. So, yes, uh, there is actually around 400 media organizations, more than 400 media organizations, for just 3 million people, for such a small market like Mongolia. Why have these media organizations have stayed afloat? Um, is it because of the Funding they're receiving. Uh, by
1: the end of 2015, there was 485 media outlets in Mongolia, mm-hmm. and Press Institute, according to Press Institute statistics, it is about 101 newspapers, 16 radio stations, 131 TV stations. It's including regional IMAC TVs, mm-hmm. and then around 100 internet news portals. Yes indeed it's for than around five hundred media for three million people a lot yes. and it's very unfortunate in, in, in I'm, I'm, i tell you why first a majority of the seventy five percent of these media outlets belong to former or current politicians mm-hmm. our president has on t v the previous president has on a website the one before has on t v see, mm-hmm. uh, see Nine, yes. TV nine. So uh, I don't know when they will stop the practice of presidents having own channels, and almost all politicians have own uh, websites or TVs, uh, radios, because they were giving this license like you know to anybody. You know, first of all, themselves. So uh, why? Mm. Because they keep this TV, this uh, media, not for mostly educating people, which is the huge role of media, to educate people, to give the right information, right analysis, which is not happening. And those dependent on these politicians have only information and knowledges making that person happier, bigger, better, mostly for Mm -hmm. election-oriented. And also commercial banks have on TVs uh, bank trading development has on the TV Bloomberg Mongolia, yes, but it's uh, Mongolia, International Bloomberg, but Mongolia they own it, and also uh, the, the, I mean the same, semi, uh, owner, one person, Mr. Eitan owns TDB, and he owns also this one, and Mr. Baiserdang of Goldman Bank owns also Eagle TV and network. So, uh, though there is a law that Mongolian banks should not have a loan, uh, this sort of businesses anymore, and then, uh, but uh, it is not clear, there is no report about implementation of this, enforcement of these laws. And in Mongolia, we have more problems with enforcement of laws than mm-hmm. laws itself. Yes. Sure. So, this shows how weak the governance is, public governance is, and um, it's very, it's not good. It's no good, because it's, uh, it is not balanced news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So and on that note, recently, um, Mongolian national broadcaster uh, chose half of the Mongolian, our national council members were chosen. And uh, some of the national council members are prosecutors from the general prosecutor's office and head of the constitution court. Do you see that Mongolian national broadcaster has some kind of independence, maybe? Uh, well, unlike our neighbor countries,
1: mm. we don't have state media. Yes. Thanks to the law that made former state-owned TV and the radio channels into public outlet, public media. Which means 15 board members are there. Uh, they are nominated from president office. Uh, parliament itself and the government. Mm-hmm. And this time they, they nominate 15 persons for six years, and among them the chair is uh, elected. And the executive director of uh, this uh, public TV is not on the board, mm-hmm. unlike many other uh, organizations like BBC, for example. Mm-hmm. And this time they have changed it. But uh, we don't know how much they can be independent. But what I can tell you is, so far since this law is adopted, somehow with the new political party comes, then they change somehow the CEO of uh, this organizations. And though last time was more or less competition, several people candidates were uh, elected selected by the board. Mm-hmm. So, however, Mongolian national TV, Mongolian public TV and radio have is, is playing very important role in educating Mongolian public, and it's the hugest, largest media organization with 760 people and a huge building.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And out of this 23 billion tugrik asset, they have 18.7% tugrik, 18.7 billion. Greek Worth, uh, pl- uh, the building mm-hmm. of this building is very huge. Yes, yes. And uh, <clears throat> total year annual income last year was 19 billion. Total expenses was 18 billion. First time it is it came out with profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but however, it is consisting of a lot of money coming from households, mm-hmm. but not each household is pay very small amount of money. But it altogether makes a big amount, almost half of the, uh, one third of the budget of the revenue of the organization. The other one third is coming from the budget. Yes. So it has own regulations, they should play a more important role in educating young people, all uh, viewers of all ages, which this organization is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Not easy always, the money is not enough, 760 people, yes. uh, salary is one third, no, it is one 40% of the all costs, yes. so it should be expensive.
0: Yes. But so um, on that, uh, my last question on this topic is, so what needs to be, what needs to be done for Mongolia to have free and independent uh, media?
1: I think we need uh, relicensing all outlets and forbidding a president having on TV, for example. So they should recuse or like no, dissolve. The politicians dissolve the... should not have on TVs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It should be forbidden. Mm-hmm. And one, uh, secondly, uh, it should be a relicensing. In Japan, 150 million people, only five TV channels on every region.
0: And it's a very big country with, uh, with a huge economy. Well,
1: which gives opportunity for employees of these stations, institutions, to have a good salary, to have a good opportunity to be uh, trained. Mm-hmm. And Mongolians, because these so many about 500 outlets divide only the, there a certain amount of advertisement, yes. they are dividing it and it's becoming peanuts. And all TV, almost all TV works with losses yes. because they have a stif- different purposes. Mm-hmm. The politicians subsidize it. Mm-hmm. But who is suffering? Journalists. Four thousand five hundred people work in these media outlets. Mm-hmm. Half of them journalists. Yes. They are never getting good training, yes. and they, they have no postgraduate education. So they have not enough salary. So this is some industry where we should have decent, serious professionals, mm-hmm. and
0: they should have decent income as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> hopefully, that will change in the near future. Moving on to our next topic. In winter, Ulaanbaatar is blanketed by poisonous smog. And as the air pollution recedes, uh, the spring winds come. City residents face the risk of being injured by falling construction materials, like bricks and even iron Uh, rods. That can get swept from the construction uh, sites and seriously injuring passing pedestrians and also motorists. Earlier this week, um, a concrete block fell from a, a, a high-rise building in Mongolia. So, uh, so that, that was a very huge news. Uh, uh, no one died actually, but do you believe that this accident occurred because there isn't enough free space and all the land are basically sold by the previous, the government basically, and it makes it more hard for pedestrians to be feel safe. In, in Ulaanbaatar? Unfortunately, it is not only a safety issue of operation of construction,
1: mm-hmm. but you, if you go and deeper, this is uh, how they say, reap what you saw. Mm-hmm. It was the direct consequences of illegal trading of Mongolian Ulaanbaatar city lands by the previous mayors and the related officials. Mm-hmm. They were selling all lands close to infrastructure instead of extending whole infrastructure mm-hmm. because it was easier for them to sue, sell it at them and under the table. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, can you tell us uh, when do you think this practice started? Uh, this started uh, when uh, Mr. M. Inkbold
1: was a mayor of the city. Prior First they have found speaker. the previous period. It's early 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was, <clears throat> They have created the Foundation. Mm-hmm. The money people were giving to make the city better, but the money went to uh, making another bank, which mm-hmm. now belongs to Irten building again. one guy, 99%. And yet yeah, we have Ulaanbaatar Insurance, then Ulaanbaatar uh, Leasing Company, they All went to private now. So all our public money somehow, public property, land, all this thing together somehow, Moved into such a way that it belongs to one or two persons now. Mm-hmm. So it, it clearly shows. Take the land uh, in the south of uh, Bog- uh, Tula River. All this land is supposed to be for tourism development. Now it is the largest uh, housing constructions, uh, buildings already there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, all this show that how irresponsible were those people whom we have voted. Four, and Odambatre is the only city probably where the mayor is not voted directly. It is it coming from the politicians and approved by the Prime Minister. Yes. And all the, within all these things the city planning was just a joke. They were showing some pepper, but then actually they were misusing. They were giving now look at the new micro districts. Houses are built side by side. Mm-hmm. Even there is a no the 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 road road cannot have two cars moving mm-hmm. or passing by. Even in some roads, two persons cannot pass by. Mm. So nothing talk about the children, kindergarten, schools, shops. And why is that? How is it possible? Where is the, the minimum security? And nothing to say about this construction building. A couple of years ago, that rock, even metal was going through the roof of the car and killed a young person there yes, a driver. so now every, the next one can be anybody yes. so that's the whole thing that they it is such a bad shape enforcement
0: of laws in mongolia yeah the construction site was very close to the to the traffic basically and it was, and actually the car was actually in in traffic <clears throat> and you have actually written about this extensively of, about safety and sales of lands in Olambarter, and if Olambarter, if should, well, it should become a safe city and inclusive. Can you give us maybe like examples how Olambarter can become a safe? Well, because I was born in this city, mm-hmm. I, it's
1: my city, and I'm very sad to see all this happening. So I could not but write this. Ten years ago, I started to write. Majority of probably my writing is about Ulaanbaatar City, mishandling of our property, land. It's not registering. Mm. Tax goes somewhere else. So <clears throat> uh, now we came to such a way, so such a deep to this junk, that probably we, we need to reallocate at least administrative center of Ulaanbaatar City. Probably like I find this Sejong uh, in Korea. -hmm. About 100 kilometers or so away from Seoul, Mm -hmm. they met several, majority of ministers are there Mm -hmm. in such a construction, such a type of a construction. Once you are there, you can go to all ministries, the circle building, and then extend it like a Mm Sang
0: Flaws. So it's separate from Seoul then?
1: Yes, the majority are there, and now they have a separate parking. It's so easier to make licensing, meeting, conferences, so it's much easier. Here in Ulaanbaatar city, between two ministries, you drive five hours, yeah. stop in traffic jam, though you can run, it's only two kilometers from maybe five, the most farthest one from each other, but the, because the air, people cannot run, walk in the
0: in the street. So oh. they stay in the car for five hours. And then also the the sidewalks are very narrow and quite dangerous sometimes.
1: You know, sometimes I think even the worst enemy cannot do city like this for you.
0: Well, what do you mean by the worst? If
1: you have a, your worst enemy, uh-huh. ask them to do destroy your city. Or, or they, they would even do it better. They, then. they would do it much
0: better oh. than are current <laughs> planning. <laughs> that, that, that's that's kind of sad. So to then basically uh, we should emulate a South Korea's model and… That's one of consideration, mm-hmm. but many places have,
1: many countries, states, for example, California, for example, yeah. have their city, the capital city in Sacramento. Yes. But the largest other two cities are
0: California and Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles and San Francisco. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, I mean, San Francisco. So you know, many, many countries, like, uh, Sydney, Australia, mm. their capital is uh, in... Uh, in you know, Perth. Is it no, Perth?
0: no. Or was it uh, uh, Melbourne?
1: I forgot. No, no. This is uh, Sydney. The other one is... With, uh, uh, Canberra? Canberra. Okay, yes, Canberra is consisting of all the so government
0: officials, all uh, diplomats are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and in, and it shows that uh, how small the city is. I, I didn't even know like <laughs> what, the, what the city so, was. Yes,
1: so I think probably Mongolia had to do the same to, to move our administrative to a very small city. By the way, Ulaanbaatar city administration moves to Yarmak soon. Mm. You know why? Why? Because they sold all buildings to a bank. And they're going to make some. We don't know what they're going to make, but we do know that this is the historic important building. They just sold it. Mm. Was it open tender? I don't know. Mm. Um, And why? I mean, will they do or remake the facade of the building? Mm. Or they want, like, the Natural History Museum Mm. nearby the government office, uh, government palace. The, the idea is now to sell them on auction, the land, mm-hmm. and to make new ones somewhere in the museum. That's the stupid decisions they are going to make. Mm. Because these buildings are our history.
0: Yes, it is, actually.
1: It's the only thing to have to memory of those times. So in a normal, civilized country, you don't change the facade of the building. It's a place of historic importance. Then you, now our embassy in Washington, D.C., Small one, but you cannot do anything. You need every permission to do something. Even painting is, even the color, all these things, mm-hmm. you need the permission. Mm-hmm. So how about to making all this our historic buildings before these these guys, uh, only with two years age of uh, in uh, in the government? I don't think that we will elect these people next year. Mm-hmm. So, but before they don't want to completely destroy our, our uh,
0: history, mm-hmm. we should save it, Ulambata City. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, so a lot of bleak notes, and again, hope, hope that changes and maybe we'll get into a, a good... Well, uh, the thing is making me a bit happy is we
1: can discuss it on, uh, on TV at least. Yes, let's talk about it. Well, unfortunately,
0: the result is not that much satisfactory, of course. <laughs> but hopefully things change. Okay, moving on to our uh, third topic. The, the limiting interest rates ha, has been an ongoing subject of debate. Parliament member Isirtna has uh, uh, presents a new amend, amendments to the law of maximum lending interest rates and the fight against money laundering. The legal standing committee has uh, reviewed the amendments and they will now discuss discuss the issue by Parliament. So um, a lot of they've been talking about amending the well no they, they've been talking about uh, limiting the interest rates for a very long time, actually, and uh, economists see that setting a limit with, to interest rate uh, will actually have a, a bad effect on the free market. Uh, uh, but what is your take on on this? I'm just
1: always wondering. It was once very active. This move a year before they want to make the politicians want to have this credit rate ceiling ceilings, mm. and uh, now they put again mm. I'm just wondering what kind of um, education these guys have how do they ne- do they know the experience of other countries' bitter experiences? Mm. you know credit interest rate is like any price mm. if there is a few goods, the price will be high. there are a lot of supply price will be less mm. very simple now they want to do is just restricting price for a good. In this case, a credit. Mm. What happens in that case? Yes. This, like any good, this, this, this type of product is slowly disappearing or getting s- smaller. So because no, no loans then, maybe? Yeah, less and less loans, because it is not interested for producers to sell at that price your product. Mm. So it's eventually decreases. Uh, squeezes the credit market mm-hmm. which is bad because growth of economy which we measure with the gdp mm-hmm. gdp grows with extension of credit yeah. not squeezing one secondly once you even higher now 20% even if you, with this one it's a very legitimate transparent transactions though expensive mm-hmm. But now when you put the ceiling of rates, say 10%, then this credit squeezing, the money goes out to other institutions, like non-bank financial institutions. Then we even have here uh, this uh, Lombard, Lombard, we call it Lombard. But it's pawn shops. And then that part, transaction is not transparent, sometimes dangerous. And non-bank financial, if they are bad loan, they cannot pay. In Japan, for example, they did the same experience. They made ceiling. Then the bank shrink, credit shrink. Then the, the non-banking financial sector works. Then you have a Yakuza. Mm. Yakuza. Who's, who is promising that, oh, we will get him paid?
0: Like a loan sharks, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Boom, loan sharks, and they say, Half of us half of them is an hour you have a zero so for that person to lose all or to have a half so that's a, this This sort of criminal activities will grow mm. and uh, and most badly uh, the i'm nothing I'm not talking about the 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 pawn shops mm. so we will get the credit market majority illegal
0: mm.
1: on the other hand if Interest rate is low, If there's capital market developing, then it's also another choice. This is the one of the way to decrease those rates naturally, mm. not by force, not by the resolution of the government. And in this will those, it will be good only for those who will make this resolution and who will have probably first this cheaper loan, etc.
0: Mm. But then, can you maybe elaborate on how can we like? Like lower, basically have uh low interest rates mm-hmm. and with, with accordance with the market basically well, first, I
1: said we need development of capital market it's uh-huh. trust issue uh-huh. trust issue for the invest- of investors in the business in the leaders of the businesses, in particular, if it's a state businesses, there is no trust because they, these state companies had uh for the one election term yes. And usually, they are people who are not serving us, who are serving those uh, whom, who they, they have nominated him. Mm. That's very unfortunate, and a lot of things uh, unfortunately, fortunately growing instead of the depressed in Mongolia. All of them running with the losses. Nobody is taking responsibility for losses. And losses are covered from the budget, mm. with your, my, and other people's budget money, mm. uh, tax money. So this is one, one thing. The second thing, we need to decrease inflation. If inflation dec- decreases, then the, the saving rate decreases. Yes. Saving rates to be way higher than the inflation at least. Now it's 8%, and the people want another 8%, 16%. But if it is 3%, then it still goes down. It will be the level of one digit, mm. uh, <clears throat> second way. But how to decrease inflation? We then demand, that means we'll have thriving private sector with normal, open, fair competition. Mm-hmm. But when your ministry is the, your competitor in your business in the same industry, how you can compete with your minister who has recently got the money from the small, medium enterprise support money, mm-hmm. 3% interest rate he got and he runs his business, how I can compete? Yes with a uh, 20% interest rate. Mm-hmm. So it's ridiculous, and they, we should uh, stop this corruption, conflict of interest in this mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. and stop the people running, the businesses running, the companies, in industry, I mean, state companies, industries. And this is corruption issue. It is a better governance issue. It's, most importantly, people watching, participating in our governance, mm-hmm. which we don't do. Oh. So if this inflation goes down, on the other side, it means uh, <coughs> the, uh, we talked about the goods eh, in this oh. case, credit. But goods, uh, the price will be cheaper if supply is more yes. and demand is less. And demand is less means they have certain other alternatives, eh? alternative ways. Oh. Only competition can do that. Oh. Demand can be uh, demand can be less in that way. A supply can be lower then we have a better, better price for, for this one. So all uh-huh. these things can be done with free market, with uh-huh. free prices. Uh-huh.
0: Whenever the government try to control price, they destroy that industry. OK, so my last question, a yes, yes or no? So if this law, if this amendment passes, this means bad for the Mongolian economy, right?
1: Yeah, from the probably from the second or third month, it will read. It will go, go down, stuff.
0: mafias and stuff like that. Okay. On that note, uh, that, that's well, basically that's all the time we have for today. Um, thanks for watching factor Review on MBR World. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, unfortunately we. We are talking about critical things, but you can uh, we, we need to talk and not to solve it. so also visit our website jagaldefacto.com. Thank you